The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hey, it's Jesse. The Hello Monday team is off this week, celebrating all sorts of holidays and taking a bit of time for restoring and nourishing ourselves. And it got me thinking about this episode we made way back in the beginning of Hello Monday. It was about traveling. And frankly, I need a good episode about traveling because with COVID cases kicking up, at least where I live, traveling suddenly seems so aspirational again. I hope you enjoy this as much as we enjoyed making it. From the editorial team at LinkedIn, I'm Jesse Hempel. And this is Hello Monday, our show about the changing nature of work and how that work is changing us. And happy holidays from all of us here at Hello Monday. A lot of us are getting ready to take a little time off. You know, time off is so important to work. Taking time off is that thing that gives us the energy to come back, often with creative ideas, refreshed, rested. But it can be really hard to get away. I remember this one time, it was a decade ago. I was covering Facebook for Fortune, and this is when things were really crazy at Facebook. I just wanted to get as far away as possible. So my friend James and I, we planned this backpacking trip, and we flew to Europe and then down to the south coast of Turkey, where we took a quick nap and got on a bus to a trailhead, and we walked several hours. That night, we were exhausted and hungry, We took a room in this small hotel and we went to bed early, only we couldn't sleep because there was this wedding going on just outside our bedroom and people were dancing to a Turkish pop song. I remember watching them bring the bride in and the chorus of that song, it translated to Facebook, Facebook, I met a girl on Facebook. And I thought, oh, Mark Zuckerberg is following me everywhere. The thing is, vacations rarely go as planned. But that's the thing that can make them great. And breaking up our routines, getting out of the office and away from our lives, it can be really important. Not long ago, the team at Hello Monday asked for your vacation stories. And you delivered. So this week, we're devoting the full episode to getting away. We have three stories for you. The first comes from Anna Lashinsky. She's an architect here in New York City by way of Russia, where she was born. And this particular trip was meant to be a post-wedding honeymoon. My wife and I really love going uh, on weekends upstate uh, because we both crave more nature and more quiet time in our lives. And for us, those little weekend adventures are really a way to find a little bit more balance with our crazy city life. And because we've been doing it for years, by this point, I have mastered the art of sifting through Airbnb postings and finding houses that fit both the budget and our personality. And usually we have a good experience. um, But once in a while, we really fall in love with one of the houses that we're staying in. And that happened to us with Karen's house. Karen's little cottage is situated on a little hill overlooking a lake on one side and a dense forest on the other. And when you walk into the house, it's full of warmth and personal charm. And there is artwork from all around the world on the walls. 
There are stacks of fascinating books, and there are little gems spread around the house. So for me, being in that house is like going on a little adventure each time. And in the past, we always had wonderful experience staying in her house. And there was only one thing, nuance, that was a little bit different about our most recent trip. And that is that Karen, the house owner, was traveling internationally for work. And her two cats are going to be staying in the house for the weekend. So she sent us an email and she said, listen, this is what's happening. But all you need to do is just feed them, clean their litter box, and make sure they stay indoors. And if you're on board with doing those things, then you're welcome to come and stay here. So we looked at the email and we we're like, okay, that doesn't sound very complicated. And especially since we can't really have pets of our own living in the city, we were actually excited at the opportunity to stay with two furballs for the weekend. So we said, yes, we're on board. And we get there late Friday night after a work week. We get to the house and it feels as magical as we remembered it and Karen is always very good with leaving instructions and this time was no different so the first thing that we see when we walk into the house there is a laminated list of care instructions for the cats and at the very beginning it makes an introduction and it says you are now in the presence of Miss Lapoo who is the white cat and Darcy who is the gray cat. And they both like listening to classical music and have lights on in case they're ever left home alone. And they prefer their water fresh with chipped ice. And then at the very end, it said, no matter what you do, remember those are indoor cats and they are to stay indoors under any circumstances. So... We're like, okay, this is a little surprising, a little specific, but we think we're adults, we can handle it, and we're just going to take the instructions as requested. So the first thing we do immediately is grab a bowl of fresh water, we put some chipped ice, we give them a generous serving of cat food. Looking back at it, I think we were really trying to impress them. When we wake up the next morning, it's clear that neither one of the cats is really happy with our presence in the house. And each one of them is seated in its own respectful corner, looking at us, judging, showing zero interest in having any kind of interaction with us, let alone cuddling. So we feel a little bit disappointed because that's not what we planned for that weekend. And we say, okay, we're just going to go for a hike, leave them alone, listening to classical music, and we'll just coexist peacefully. We come back in the evening, and we wanted to cook a romantic dinner because the house has a beautiful, full-size, fully equipped kitchen. We light candles, we pour wine, we sit at the table. And by that point, it seemed like Darcy, the gray cat, has warmed up to our presence. So he's hanging out next to us. And we're about to start eating. And then we realize that we haven't really seen Miss Lapoo in quite some time. So we start looking for her around the house. We go to the bedroom, we look in the closets, under the couch. And then we see it, the back door into the house is slightly open. And it hits us that Miss Lapoo, the cat that likes classical music and water with ice, managed to escape the house and is now in the wilderness all by herself.
So we leave our dinner untouched, we run outside yelling her name, and it's pitch black, we're surrounded by the forest, and I still remember that feeling of paralyzing fear, thinking, what if she never comes back? What if she gets eaten by a bear? Or if she gets lost and starves to death? Like, we only made one promise, and that was to keep her indoors, and we failed to do that. So for at least an hour, we're walking around the property equipped with our iPhone flashlights, calling her name. And every so often we think that we might see her, but instead we realized we found yet another animal sculpture because she also had artwork around the house. But instead of finding a cat, we found a frog, an owl, a fox, a metal deer. And each time we saw one of those animals, our heart would skip a beat because we would think it's the cat. And at the same time, we were really praying it's not a bear. And at some point, we hear a noise coming from one of the bushes and toward the light, indeed, that was Miss Lapu. So we felt relieved for a second. And then the second she saw us, she bolted away so fast that we had no chance. We felt so defeated because we realized we have no chance of catching a cat in the woods, in the darkness, if it has zero interest in being caught. So being creative, I decided that we have to come up with a different rescue plan. So we go back to the house, we grab all the salami that we have, we come outside and while I'm formulating an apology email to Karen, my wife is creating a trail of salami leading from the woods to the front door of the house to make sure that Miss Lapu can easily find the front door. And at that point, it was past midnight. We were not feeling relaxed at all. We were exhausted. We said, let's try and get some rest. So I'm in the bedroom with a tightly closed door, and I was in charge of guarding Darcy while my wife was lying on the couch in the bedroom guarding the front door waiting for Miss Laput to come back. And as she is about to close her eyes, it suddenly dawns on her that we just created a trail of salami leading from the woods to her body. And there is no knowing which animal is going to find it first. So it's needless to say that she didn't get much sleep. She was tossing and turning and listening for bear sounds until at 3 a.m., Miss Lapu casually strolls in like a child who was outside playing all day and just got home because he was hungry. So she bolts to catch the cat. She's yelling at her. We both feel a sense of relief. And it's safe to say that we have never been so happy to see a cat before in our life. And next morning, we were completely beat up from all the overnight adventures. But we were committed to still make the most out of our weekend. So we said, what can be more relaxing than going for a couple's massage? So we go for the massage, and it is by far the worst massage we ever had in our life. We walk out of there bruised and hurting, and it did feel like an appropriate grand finale for the weekend that completely went wrong. And by the time we were heading back home, we were sleep-deprived, we were mentally exhausted, we were physically hurting. And yet, whenever we look back to that weekend, we can't help but laugh. It continues to bring us joy years later because that's how we choose to remember it. And we approach our trips differently now with a bit more surrender and a hefty uh, dose of humor. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> so you talked about how you felt like that vacation 
it, it actually taught you something about taking vacations. I wonder if you can explain what you meant. Well, I, th- I think my relationship to vacation has evolved throughout the years. Uh, when I was younger, it just used to be something that I do as an adventure I go on. And I think nowadays it's something that is more of a, it, it plays a spiritual role for me. And every vacation, we actually align our expectations before we go in terms of what purpose this vacation plays in our life right now. And sometimes I used to feel more guilty taking vacations. And I learned uh, both for myself and encouraging my teams to take vacation is that whenever you actually leave your desk and you go and you clear your mind, you come back infinitely more creative. That's so true. And in particular, it's the vacations where things don't go as you expect that end up being really memorable. That happens almost all the time. Yeah. If you I guess think it about does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think life just happens differently from what we plan it almost all the time. And actually, one thing that I didn't mention is that that weekend happened one week after my wife and I got married. So we were looking forward to it as a way to relax and connect and spend some quality time together after all the chaos of uh, getting married. And we walked into this and everything went wrong. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, is that how marriage is? Like, is that what I signed up for? (laughs) Should I have not done it? Um, And And now you know that that's exactly what marriage is. (laughs) And it brought us closer together, and I think it also gave us a much better perspective on how to take on things that don't go our way. Yeah. Again, that was Anna Lashinsky. Coming up after the break, we talked to a young woman who went on a big backpacking trip after college, hoping to have her eat, pray, love moment. What really happened? More on that in a minute. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Hey, we're back. 
And this week, as many of us are getting ready to celebrate the holidays, we're talking about getting away. Our next story is from Julia Weisberg. Julia graduated from college in 2017. She's a copywriter, and she came into the studio to talk with me and our producer, Laura Sim. Last year, she set out on a backpacking trip through Europe. It did not go the way she thought it would. I guess it was about a year ago at this point, a little over... I was working in Boston at the time, and it had kind of gotten to the point for me there. I had been there for about a year. I was like, is this where I want to be? Is this who I am? Am I a Boston girl? Like that kind of thing. And I liked my job, but I didn't love it. And I felt like maybe I was like getting a little stuck. I didn't know like what I could do. So then my friend Courtney started talking to me about how she wanted to go traveling and she wanted to go to Europe. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. And then after we started planning the whole thing and I was like starting to feel better because I was like, you know, I'll I'll go to Europe. I'll get some headspace. She told me that she couldn't go anymore. So I just kind of decided, okay, whatever, I'm just going to go alone. Which was kind of like a scary thing for me because I had traveled a little but not a lot. So I started in Paris and basically throughout the whole trip, I was doing all the things that... I thought you were supposed to be doing on this trip, right? Like, I was in Paris, saw the Eiffel Tower, met this guy who was my bartender, and he took me out, and, like, we went dancing and all of that, and that was fun. And then I went to Amsterdam with, you know, another friend that I had met in Paris, so I was, like, traveling with people and all of that. But the whole time I was on the trip, I was, like, searching for the answer to be there, and I couldn't find it. Yeah, because you think that when you go on this trip, you're going to learn something that you don't know about yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in your dream world, go back to Julia before this trip. Yeah. What were you going to learn in your dream world? Yeah, before I ventured out, I was like, this is going to be the trip where I figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. This is the trip where I'm going to figure out what my next move is, who I am. And I had only graduated college a year ago, so... I think I was just really looking for some sort of direction, and I assumed that this trip would give me that. But I don't think it was until I got home and was, like, back in my routine again that I started to think, okay, I should should do something. I I should change this situation. It was only after the trip that something changed. And so then I quit my job a couple months later and moved to New York. So it's almost like going on vacation throws you for a loop and getting back into your routine brings something new to the familiar. I, I think so. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. For me, when I got back to my routine, I kind of was reflecting on my trip and was like, wow, you know, that was kind of cool of me. Like that was that was pretty, pretty brave to just go out there and travel alone. So, you know, if I want to make a change in my life, I can't be scared to do it. I have to just um, do it. And I think I don't think there was a moment on the trip that was super transformative for me, but I think when I got home, um, I was able to recognize that that was, that was a pretty courageous thing I did. Let me apply that to my life. Again, that was Julia Weisberg. She's a copywriter. We have one more story for you after the break. 
I want to stop for a minute and ask you to fill out our listener survey. So here at Hello Monday, we want to make episodes about the topics that you care about. So let us know what you want more of at linkedin.com slash hello. That's linkedin.com slash hello. It takes five minutes. And if you fill it out, five responders will receive a Hello Monday gift package sent straight to your door. Thanks. And we're back. Our next story is from Brendan Murphy. He works as a partner at the design firm Lippincott. Brendan grew up in a working-class family in Ireland, the oldest of five kids. This was one of the first vacations his family ever took. This story is, goes way, way back, right? I was probably four or five years old. Um, it's the first travel story that I remember. At this stage, there was just three kids. I'm from a family of five. Um, and my mom and dad didn't have a whole lot of money, so our vacation was a camping holiday. So there was five of us in a two-man tent down in West Cork, and thankfully the weather was relatively okay. We did get rained out a couple of times and ended up sleeping in the car. And my dad worked very hard. He, At this stage, he was uh, working on a machine floor. Oftentimes he would work three shifts, he perfected the art of sleeping standing up in front of a lathe, which was pretty dangerous. Um, but on vacation, his treat to himself, he didn't drink, was to buy himself a crate of Coca-Colas. Right? And he did a deal with the local shop owner that he could keep the crate in the freezer of the shop. Um, and he one, once a day he would go and you know get, a, at the end of the day, after dealing with the kids, he would reward himself with a cold Coca-Cola. It's like, like the commercial. Unfortunately, on the f- first day after freezing them, they all burst. So the deal with the um, shop owner <laughs> quickly deteriorated. Um, my dad bought another crate and found a hiding spot in a local river, um, probably the Shannon. And again, at the end of every day, he would... Um, go down to the river and find his hiding spot and um, have a coke and if we were really good or if my mom had had enough of us he brought one of us with him we would get to partake in having a coca-cola at that stage we weren't allowed sweets or anything like that so that was um, um, quite the treat but it's a like it's my first memory of a vacation my first memory of really bonding with my dad at that age um, and was pretty special. Why do you think you remember this story? I think mostly because of the sharing. Um, the sharing of the The sharing coke. with my dad. What, right? do you re- what do you remember about like that? The, Paint me the picture. You know, if you think about any sort of sibling rivalry and you're there with your brothers and sisters like all day whether and I'm not sure what we're doing like going to the beach or just hanging around the farmer's field chasing bees and catching bees and such or picking up worms but my sister and brother who were you know younger than me and certainly my brother who at that stage was probably like a year a year and a half would have demanded all the attention so I was the low man on the totem pole, and rightly so. So it was sort of my my opportunity to get that little bit of attention in the day. 
assuming I wasn't a pain in the butt that day, um, I got to go with my dad and, and share that drink with him. Did you have a lot of moments like that over the course of your life with your dad? Yeah, like I I spent a lot of time with my dad in later years. Um, like when he drove a taxi, anytime he would drive up to Belfast, it was always a challenge because the you know the, you cross the border and you know the British Army thinks that you're gonna you have a car bomb in the car, right? And because a lot of times taxis were used for car bombs, so anytime my dad would get a job up to Belfast, I would go with him. You know, you put a kid in the car and it's less likely there's a bomb in the car. Um, I remember, you know, staring down the, st- like a tank and it's big sort of gunnery, like staring at the car um, and kids like 16 and 17 year old soldiers like pointing their rifles at you. It was quite scary. My dad, who was, you know, now like long dead um He's very much beside me, and he's very much sort of part of my life in an odd way. Like, anytime I'm fixing something, I can hear him beside me telling me what to do. When did he pass? He passed, I would say, maybe 10 or 12 years ago now. Um, I was over here, and he, the latter part of his life was very painful. Um, when I was 18 or 19, he started having heart trouble got progressively worse. He then had sort of a little bit of a respite. Then he had a stroke. So he lost all use of the right side of his body, which he jokes that it was a blessing because he was left-handed. <laughs> he never lost his sense of humor. Like, he obviously was in a great deal of pain. Right. Um, but he, you know, he was a character. It also gives much more resonance to this image of you at four or five on the bank of a river yeah. with a healthy young man yeah. who just wants a Coke. Yeah, yeah. Again, that was Brendan Murphy. Thanks to all of our storytellers and everyone who wrote in with your own tales about getting away. And before we sign off for 2019, I just wanted to bring my producer, Laura, behind the mic. Laura joined us a year ago, and she helped to create Hello Monday. She's been a staple of our production team all year, and this is her last week with us. So I wanted you all to meet Laura before she goes on to her next project. Hi, (laughs) Jesse. Laura, so here we are. It's been such a year together. You know, when we sat down together, we didn't know what kind of show Hello Monday was at all. All we knew was the title of the show. And we knew who the host would be. And that is all we knew. We, did we know that it was going to come out weekly? No, but we did know that the producer would be you. And you did a great job, Laura. Thanks. What's, what's one thing that you know now that you didn't when we started? Before coming to LinkedIn, I actually had never developed a podcast before. I had joined existing projects, like existing podcasts. And it was just really fun to learn that I could just start something on my own and see it from beginning to end. And like, I'm going to leave you guys and the show will continue. And that's, that's like wild to me, you know, I'm going to have to like, watch my emotions a little bit because I'll get jealous just hearing you guys continue on. 
Well, I think one of the coolest things is that if the show grows and gets better, and I hope that it will, uh, no matter how it changes, when you listen to it, you will always be able to hear what is foundational to it because you helped create it. And that's pretty special. Yeah, I hear that. All right. Well, Laura, we will follow you from afar. Good luck. Thanks, Jesse. All right. That's about it for 2019. We'll be bringing you more new episodes in 2020. And in the meantime, whether it's for an hour or a week, I hope you get away and enjoy some time to rest and recharge. If you enjoyed what you heard, please let us know in a review on Apple Podcasts. Hello Monday is a production of LinkedIn. The show is produced by Laura Sim. Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Uriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is our technical director. Maya Mangini and Victoria Taylor hope Santa Claus is good to you. Our music was composed just for us by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and you also heard music from Poddington Bear. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. From all of us, thank you for listening, and happy holidays. Julia, I love that story, and uh, you, you referenced Eat, Pray, Love. And I wonder if the author of Eat, Pray, Love, uh, Liz Gilbert, also knew what was happening while she was on the trip, or if it took coming home from the trip to figure out what had just happened. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I've, I've definitely seen the movie. Um, I haven't read the book, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think a, a lot of times it's like you have to go through an experience, and then after it is when you can like figure out what it all meant.